0: on to my mommy's
1: podcast this podcast is sponsored by the ready state if you're at all like me you might have perpetual stiffness and pain in your neck and shoulders from years of working carrying kids and all of the demands of parenting or maybe like me as well also you have sore hips from too much sitting or from several pregnancies I have found a great way to relieve my aches and pains and to get some daily movement and improve my fitness and flexibility. And it's from someone I highly, highly respect, Dr. Kelly Starrett, and he's from The Ready State. If you don't know Kelly, you should. He is a mobility and movement coach for Olympic gold medalists, world champions, and pro athletes. He's the author of two New York Times bestselling books, including the famous Becoming a Supple Leopard, which has sold over half a million copies he has over 150,000 hours of hands-on experience training athletes at the highest level, and he's a doctor of physical therapy who helps top companies, military organizations, and universities improve their wellness and resilience with their team members. So to say he's highly qualified would be the understatement of the century. He created a program called Virtual Mobility Coach. This program is easy to do from home every day, making it ideal for me and for a lot of moms, and it's something I can do with my kids. Every day, Virtual Mobility Coach gives you a fresh guided exercise video. They show you proven techniques to help your specific issues that you have going on. If you're in pain, you can pull a picture of the human body, click on what hurts, and from there, the Virtual Mobility Coach will give you a customized prescription to help you find relief based on movement. Second, you can find a library of soothing recovery routines in the daily maintenance section. And these are great for just working in movement throughout the day or as a wind down to practice self-care. And third, for athletes, Virtual Mobility Coach has an entire section of pre- and post-exercise routines for more than four dozen sports and activities that help you warm up before a workout so that there's a lower risk of injury or recover after so that you are less stiff. Right now, you can try Virtual Mobility Coach totally risk-free for two weeks without paying a penny. After that, you can save 50% on your first three months. Just go to thereadystate.com forward slash wellnessmama and use the code wellnessmama, all one word, all uppercase, at checkout. So again, that's com forward slash wellnessmama. And you can save half off your first three months when you sign up for a monthly plan. You'll get personalized techniques to relieve nagging pain and to improve your fitness and flexibility. So, again, check it out, theredistate.com forward slash wellness mama, and sign up with the code wellness mama. This podcast is brought to you by Wellness. That's Wellness with an E on the end. It's a new company that I co founded to tackle the toughest personal care products and to create natural and safe products that work as well as conventional alternatives. See, this is what happened. I realized that even the most naturally minded of my friends were still using certain conventional toothpaste and shampoo because they weren't willing to sacrifice quality. They just weren't willing to have teeth that weren't white or hair that wasn't clean. There are natural options out there certainly and there are conventional options that work really well, but to find products that do both was almost impossible. And thus wellness was born. I realized that there had to be a way to create the highest quality products that also worked as well as any conventional alternative. And we tackled the toughest first, creating the first and only natural toothpaste that is fluoride and glycerin free it's based on my DIY recipe that i have been using for a decade it contains calcium and hydroxyapatite to uniquely support the mineral balance in the mouth it also contains things like neem oil and green tea to support a healthy bacterial balance and oral microbiome and to fight bad breath You can be the first to try it for you and your family and to try our innovative natural hair care shampoo and conditioner at wellness.com. So again, it's wellness with an E on the end, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S-E.com. Hello, and welcome to the Wellness Mama podcast. I'm Katie from wellnessmama.com, and this episode is all about hormones and especially how hormones can affect our sleep and our mood. And we go deep on insomnia and anxiety and all kinds of important topics. I'm here with Esther Bloom, who's an integrative dietitian and high-performance coach. She has helped thousands of women permanently lose weight, eliminate the need for medication, Loose, stubborn belly fat, and reverse chronic illness. She teaches her clients to cultivate a warrior mindset when it comes to healing their relationship with food and unconditionally loving their bodies. She's the best selling author of several books, and she currently maintains a very busy practice where she provides 360 degrees of healing with physical, psychological, emotional, and spiritual support. And find out in this episode why things like why it's so important as women that we get enough protein, why lifting weights can be really beneficial to your hormones, some incredible sleep tips, and so, so much more. I know that you're going to love this episode, so let's jump in. Esther, welcome. Thanks for being here. Katie, I am stoked to be here with you, man. I'm so excited to chat with you because we've had chats in person and not only are you just a pleasure to talk to, you are so knowledgeable about so many of these topics that I get questions about all the time. And I cannot wait to jump in and tackle them today. So thank you for your time. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I want to start with one that I get so many questions about and I haven't personally experienced. And so I feel like I'm not able to be very helpful about, and that is anxiety. And I know there's a hormonal component here. I know, for instance, it gets worse for a lot of people during menopause or during it can during pregnancy or certain times of the month and all that comes along with that. Um, But it seems like this is a growing problem. And I have personal friends who struggle with this, and I've seen just how difficult it can be. So I'd love to really like start by going deep on anxiety and why this is plaguing women so much.
0: Yeah. Well, anxiety um, is really, you know, as we know, there's all the external factors cooking along, right? There's just the multitasking and the stress of family, especially if you have young children and aging parents, plus balancing the workload and financial stress. So that alone is enough to give anyone anxiety. But in terms of hormones, especially if you are perimenopausal or postmenopausal, that's when I really see um, a spike in menopausal. It can also be, you know, premenstrual, um, pregnancy, postpartum, and puberty, all of the Ps (laughs) can give you a lot of anxiety. And so um, I'll just speak to menopause in particular, because I work with so many women going through menopause. And there is definitely um, a link between perimenopause and hot flashes and anxiety and high or low fluctuating estrogen coupled with low progesterone That can affect your serotonin and your GABA brain hormones for the worse. And it probably worsens your sleep too. So we want to think about really calming support for anxiety. I love um, lemon balm. Like if I wake up in the middle of the night and my brain is just running at 100 miles an hour trying to solve the world's problems, um, I have a tincture of lemon balm, and I'll put on some topical magnesium. And both of those are very calming on the nervous system. They relax the nervous system. Uh, magnesium lowers blood pressure as well, so it's a vasodilator. That's very calming. Putting some lavender on your pillow at night—that's um, also very calming. to or like I even dab some on my eye mask, so I can really breathe it in calming type teas. If CBD is your thing, that can be a solution too. But also you want to start with the basics. You want to start with blood sugar balance. Low blood sugar balance can really contribute to anxiety because when your blood sugar drops, it tells the body, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in a state of distress and your cortisol can go up and cortisol is a stress hormone. That you know can trigger a fight or flight response. So you want to make sure that you're getting adequate protein throughout the day and carbs together, a kind of like a nice one-to-one ratio um, of protein and carbs at all three meals, and maybe you need a snack or two. Also, good mantras, calming mantras, reminding yourself like this is temporary, I'm in control. This is temporary, I'm in control, breathing, meditating. I love the sleep timer app and uh, All it takes is 10 minutes to rewire your fight-or-flight response in the brain the amygdala um, And lower your cortisol. So I really love just like simple lifestyle things first get your blood sugar under control because Pms is a time when your blood sugar is really poorly controlled Same with menopause and perimenopause. So if your blood sugar is controlled that gets rid of anxiety, ruling out any food allergies or sensitivities. I remember years ago, I was getting severe anxiety at like 9 a.m. and I was eating breakfast around six thirty-seven. 7. And I was like, what is happening? And I had been having dairy. I reintroduced yogurt into my diet and um, I find, it took me about two weeks and then I, took, I stopped having the dairy and the anxiety completely went away. So you want to rule out food allergies as well. You want to try meditation at night. If those things don't work, try calming herbs. You can drink lemon balm tea or yogi bedtime tea. Um, you could steep like three bags of yogi bedtime tea as like a natural Xanax. Rub in some topical magnesium. And if those don't work, you can certainly do calming brain nutrients like passion flower, L-theanine GABA is a neurotransmitter that lowers your cortisol so all those calming things can can help and they can also help you lose weight inadvertently because when your stress response is lowered when your cortisol is lowered you will lose weight and that's really important as you age is managing your stress or weight loss.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people maybe don't understand just how important that connection is. And I'm happy. I actually want to share a little bit from my own perspective of that in a minute, because I've experienced that firsthand the last couple of years, but to stay on the anxiety thing for a minute. So you mentioned cortisol, which I think is really important because I think this is a, a maybe misunderstood hormone. And it's one that, is so impactful to all these other hormones. And I think it often gets either not measured or discounted or people discount just how much stress can be a problem. So talk to us a little bit more about like what cortisol is and what it's doing in the body. And then some ways we can address that, especially if we realize that's a problem in our lives. So I work with a test. I
0: test all my patients um, using what's called the Dutch test. The Dutch test, for those of you who don't know, is a dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. And so I look at how your hormones cycle from evening through overnight through the morning. And on that test, it shows me not only kind of what your daily cortisol curve is like, but it shows me if you're even breaking it down in your system, if you're able to excrete it, if it's circulating around and if it's kind of a chronic stress issue. So cortisol is, you know, I call it like a Goldilocks hormone. You got to find the amount that's just right. Some can be very beneficial and too much can be detrimental. Cortisol is made by your adrenal glands, which sit right on top of your kidneys. And it kind of gives you a fight or flight response. So if you feel a great analogy is like if you feel like your engine is spinning like crazy and smoke's coming out, but there's no gas in the tank and you're wired and tired, you probably have some chronically high cortisol, amongst other things, cooking. So cortisol, you want your cortisol to be high, like when you're working out, because when you get a spike in your cortisol your insulin stays low. So it actually helps you burn fat in those conditions, but you don't want cortisol sustained. So it's much better, for example, to do high intensity interval training or sprints um, versus training for a marathon. I'm curious, like I know when I trained for the marathon, I thought, Oh, I'm going to get so lean. And I totally gained weight because (laughs) I, my cortisol was like rocking out like crazy. And I had no idea. Um, So ways to lower cortisol, well, I'll come back to ways to lower cortisol, but now if your cortisol is too high for too long, you're under chronic stress, you drink excess amounts of caffeine that your body cannot detoxify. And typically I don't like people to drink more than eight to 16 ounces of coffee a day. If you're having too much alcohol, if you're smoking Or if you just have poor emotional management of your time and the people you surround yourself with and work, or you're caring for a sick family member, all of those can really give you chronic stress and cortisol. And that is detrimental because cortisol in high amounts will break down your muscle tissue and help you store excess body fat around your midsection. So you may start out with a muffin top and you wind up with a cake top. So that is not good because it really uh, stores fat around your midsection. That puts you at higher risk for all sorts of uh, chronic illness and inflammation down the road, especially coronary artery disease. So and and diabetes. So you don't want that. So how to manage cortisol is a couple of things, okay? One, again diet. I love intermittent fasting for some people, but for a lot of people, especially when you're starting out and your cortisol is really high, I have people eating every two to four hours to kind of support the adrenals and let the body know it's not under stress and that it can relax and let go of excess body weight. So I have people eat a lot of protein, like to the tune of one gram per pound of body weight. So, if you're about 140 pounds, that ends up being, you know, four, maybe six ounces of protein at a meal, like three, four times a day. That helps support your adrenal glands beautifully. I like people to eat good quality, grounding carbohydrates, things like sweet potatoes that are root vegetables, or white potatoes, or carrots, or parsnips, or turnips. Those are extremely grounding emotionally when you're under a lot of stress. I love nourishing soups. Why do I like soups? Because when your cortisol is high, like if you've ever had a really stressful conversation over dinner and you feel like your stomach's in knots and you can't eat, that's because your digestion completely shuts down under chronic stress and your liver stops signaling (laughs) your digestion to work. So taking time to make some soups and I literally just simmer any vegetables in water with some sea salt for like 20 minutes and I put it in a blender um, or a Vitamix. Soups are very easy to digest. If you're chronically uh, stressed and your digestion isn't working, it's not going to... Salads or raw veggies may be much harder to digest. So I recommend starting with soups or cooked vegetables. That really decreases loading from chronic stress. Um, meditation, as I mentioned, 10 minutes a day. You can do it any time of day. We all have 10 minutes. I mean, we spend an hour a day probably checking our phone. So we definitely have 10 minutes a day to meditate. Journaling your gratitude. There is a tremendous amount of clinical research on the benefits of just writing down three things you're grateful for, either at the beginning or the end of the day. I'm a big believer in cleaning out really toxic relationships and saying no a lot. Just doing those things alone, like is a game changer, having really clear boundaries. And it took me, Katie, until, you know, really my 40s to be very unapologetic about saying no to things and just, you know, reconfiguring the relationships of my life. And I'm very blessed to have really core people that I can call and say, hey, you know, I'm going through a stressful time. Let's get together and meet and just laugh and relax. Baths, I love baths with Epsom salts too. Those are really, really calming. Do you want me to talk about supplements to lower cortisol or what do you think?
1: Yeah, let's, well, so to- just highlight a couple things you said. I think you brought up so many great points, but the midsection fat thing, that's, I think something people don't realize is there's such a strong correlation. There's a link between, like you said, midsection fat and all kinds of problems down the road. In fact, I've read that even just knowing like your waist to hip ratio and having a certain waist to hip ratio is a somewhat a predictor of like cardiovascular disease and like other things that you mentioned. Um, Same thing with blood sugar. I think that's another easy thing. We all have the ability to test and many of us never think of it, but like I have a blood sugar meter at home and I'll every couple of weeks test my fasting blood sugar just to see, because that's actually a really good predictor of health and it tells you quite a bit about your body. So I love that you brought up those points and things like soup, which has proline and glycine from the broth, like you said, are so nourishing to the body. So I think that's like such a comprehensive approach. But then certainly there, I'm sure, are times when there is extra support needed, and maybe that's where the specific nutrients come in. I know I've read about studies with certain B vitamins and vitamin D, but what do we need to know when it comes to anxiety and other nutrients?
0: Yeah, well, anxiety. So the other reason why, and this is not a commercial for the Dutch test, but it's just to show you the importance of testing, um, is I look at neurotransmitters in the brain. And this is the most fascinating thing I have learned, okay? I have, I would say, 50%, at least, minimum, that's the low end of my patients are on anti-anxiety or antidepressant medications when we start working together. And the majority of the time, those medications are not working. The neurotransmitters that people have or show me on their Dutch tests are still low, even though they are taking these antidepressants. So, we know that we have to address the gut because the gut is where 90% of your neurotransmitters are produced. So, getting your food allergies tested or sensitivities, and when I say allergies, I'm not talking an anaphylactic reaction, I'm talking a sensitivity. We can be sensitive to foods for up to four days after we eat them. The immune response there's two types of antibodies they're short and long acting. And the long acting antibodies, can take up to four days to show an immune or an inflammatory response. So when you cut those foods out, that alone can enable your gut to heal from inflammation and you can start making your neurotransmitters. Also getting in glycine from, you mentioned bone broth, one of my all-time favorite. I have like so many jars in my fridge and freezer right now. Making bone broth is really key. And and chicken skin is actually really high in glycine too. Um, That is very beneficial for your nervous system. You also want to think about calming nutrients like L-theanine, that's found in green tea, or you can supplement with it. You can uh, take 5-HTP as well. Um, You want to think about how you're going to make your serotonin and dopamine And protein actually raises and sustains serotonin and dopamine. So in the morning, right, if you're feeling depressed or lethargic or irritable, if you get a really high-protein diet, with a uh, high-protein meal with a little fat in there, that also raises your neurotransmitters and gives you amazing mental focus and gives you sustained energy. And so you don't get that 4 p.m. crash. Most people are crashing at 4. That's another sign, like all right, my adrenals are pretty shot. I need some support. And also I do a lot of calming herbs. Um, Holy basil is very adaptogenic, ashwagandha. Sometimes I do licorice. Some people with chronic stress, their cortisol is actually so low. It's so low. And when your are cortisol, it's one thing to have very high cortisol, but when you're under severe chronic stress for long periods of time, your cortisol will be rock bottom. That's another sign. So for those people, I have to get it up and I'll use a little licorice or some core adrenal to kind of replenish that. But diet wise, certainly protein all the way.
1: That's another great point. And I think one, just to reiterate is, it seems like a lot of women are scared of too much protein or it's just not something that we consciously think to get enough of. And the number you mentioned, for instance, like in certain phases getting one gram per pound of body weight is probably, I would guess more than most women just naturally eat. Right. But there's so many benefits to this. And is that something that most women can do is just be conscious of our protein intake. Is that relatively beneficial to hormones in general?
0: Yes. So, and I want to address that because I want you to know, I, I, This is all science and research-based, and I have no personal agenda. I have been vegan before, and I have a lot of clients who need to be vegan for a while to kind of heal up a fatty liver, Um, but eventually, I I don't have any problem with a vegan diet short-term. Long-term, okay... Women especially have a much harder time balancing hormones. It's very difficult to go through menopausal, uh, menopause for a lot of women on a vegan diet. And so protein really supports the adrenals so that you can keep producing estrogen and progesterone. A lot of the menopausal problems happen when the estrogen and Progesterone and testosterone start to tank. And that's when we get hot flashes and anxiety and irritability. So, yes, there is so much research I've done on protein. And what most doctors won't tell you is that you're going to start losing muscle mass when your hormones drop, especially um, if you're not eating enough protein and you're not lifting weights or doing some kind of yoga or body work, some kind of strength work in there that stimulates your muscles. So getting enough protein is key because when you lose muscle mass, you subject yourself to a risk of falls and bone fractures as you age, but also you put yourself at risk for dementia. So there's so much research out there that shows dementia is type three diabetes. And without enough protein, it's really hard to regulate your blood sugar. So... There, there's also, uh, I wrote the book, Cave Women Don't Get Fat, which is a paleo diet book for women. And because a question I always got was, well, isn't protein going to excrete, uh, ha- help your kidneys excrete more calcium? Doesn't that contribute to bone loss? That's absolutely false. Unless you are already in kidney failure and, or have severe gout and really have to watch your protein. For most people, your body adapts. To the higher intake of protein and as long as you're getting enough water and eating vegetables You can eat a very high protein diet and in fact you will need more as you age It's a myth that you don't But I like protein because I feel like it supports your hair and your nails and your skin and to me, I want to look a lot younger than I am biologically, so <laughs> I like eating a lot of protein. my My favorite beauty and brains protein is actually wild Alaskan salmon, um, because and I buy it from Vital Choice. Who I know you know, Randy too. I love him. Wild Alaskan salmon has a neurotransmitter has DMAE. It's dimethylaminoethanol, and that stimulates neurotransmitter production in your uh, brain and also underneath your skin. So it supports the contours of the muscle in your face. We don't look old because we have wrinkles. We look old because we sag. And so wild Alaskan salmon combat that it has astaxanthin, which is an incredibly potent antioxidant. It is what makes salmon pink. It's the red algae that salmon and pink flamingos eat and crabs. And it also has a tremendous amount of omega-3s, which, again, hydrate your skin, make it look very luminous and support brain function. And it has vitamin D. So it's it's really, to me, like beauty and brains. It's It's kind of a facelift in your fridge, really.
1: I love that. And I think another important point to highlight here is that eating enough protein will also not cause you to gain weight. Um, Because I think that's another fear that women have is like, because, you know, bodybuilders eat a lot of protein or men eat a lot of protein. If I eat a lot of protein, it's going to make me gain weight. I know that hasn't been my experience, but I just would love for you to speak to that as well.
0: So women are so afraid of bulking up I hear this all the time like I don't want to lift weights I'm going to bulk up first of all you have to eat a lot of calories to bulk up You can't bulk up on a low calorie diet number one number two I have looked at hundreds of dutch tests and very rarely women have Testosterone in range at best most women have very low testosterone and physically it's impossible to build muscle and bulk up when your testosterone is low, you just can't, you physically cannot do it. <laughs> you Biologically, you need testosterone to build muscle. And number three, muscle takes up way less space than fat. So initially when women feel their bulk, they start to do strength training and they're eating more protein. They say, oh my God, I'm bulking up. What happens is the muscle tissue builds and it pushes the external fat out so, you look bulkier, but you're really not. And as you build muscle, muscle burns more fat and calories at rest. And muscle is really an organ in and of itself. It secretes growth hormone, it secretes cytokines, it secretes anti inflammatory chemicals as well. So, muscle is very metabolically and biologically active. So, as you build more muscle, and you build your mitochondria, you will lose weight in the long run. So, uh, and you will be able to keep weight off much more easily. So it writes a lot of wrongs. Now, the other thing I like about weightlifting is that it is equal to or more effective than metformin. And metformin is a medication that people take orally for type 2 diabetes. Let me tell you, metformin's is going to be pulled from the market soon because there are all sorts of problems with it um, and dangers associated with it. So weightlifting provokes the same insulin receptor response. So it opens up your insulin receptors. So insulin can get into the cells. And when your insulin levels are high, your cortisol is low. So your, it does manage your stress hormones as well. So it's really beneficial. You kind of want the balance between insulin and cortisol. You don't want either to be too high, too long, but they work in conjunction with each other. So when you're weightlifting, you will be in much better blood sugar balance and you'll be able to burn fat more effectively.
1: Absolutely. That's been my experience. I've actually, I've lost a pretty substantial amount of weight since I had my last baby. And I have the whole time eaten pretty much every day more than 100 grams of protein and I also know from experience I've never felt better and leaner than when I was lifting really heavy weights um, and I think women are kind of shy away from both of those things and I've definitely seen in my own life just how beneficial they can be I think it would be great if a lot more women women leaned into that versus um, being afraid of it yeah I mean my favorite client I just put her um, pictures up on my uh,
0: social media handles she just lost 25 pounds she was a triathlete And she kept gaining weight gaining weight gaining weight And I said your triathlons are making you really fat dude Like this is not serving you because her cortisol was up and she was eating so many carbs To sustain her long work endurance workouts so I finally she was Turning 40 and she was like i've had enough i'm ready. Like tell me what to do I have her doing far less exercise. I have her lifting weights with a trainer like two, three times a week. She does a lot of walking, maybe some gentle uh, swimming. And we flipped her ratios, making her protein higher than her carbs. And she lost 25 pounds. And she was like, wow, I'm never hungry anymore. That's the other thing people don't realize is that uh, protein is the only nutrient that shuts off hunger in the brain. It actually tells your hunger and satiety centers, like I'm satisfied now. Carbs will never shut that off. That's why you can eat a whole sleeve of Oreos or a whole bag of potato chips and not really feel satisfied. But like, no one has ever come to me and said, woo, I went on such a bender. Like I ate a whole steak last night, woo. (laughs) Or, you know, I ate a, a 14 ounce steak last night. Like even if they did, no one's overeating steak, but everyone's overeating carbs. So what does that tell you right there? That's number one. And number two, like the most simple weight loss formula. So I have all my clients like uh, track their food on uh, MyFitnessPal, right? And as long as they're, I don't even, they, they don't even always hit the protein targets, but as long as their protein is higher than their carbs, let's say they're getting, you know, 120 grams of protein and 97 grams of carbs, they always lose weight every time. So I'm like, look at the ratios. You don't even have to look at the total number. Just is your protein higher than your carbs? Yes. Okay, done. So that means when you have a plate of food, right? 50% should be vegetables. And then you want like a good quarter of the plate to be protein. And carbs are kind of your condiment, like half a cup, you know? And just measuring things also does wonders. Getting in really high fiber carbs like legumes, Or uh, chickpeas, lentils, beans, if if you tolerate them, that alone also really makes a difference on your blood sugar and your ability to um, tolerate carbs because beans and lentils are very high in resistant starch, which means they take hours to break down in your bloodstream. So you don't get a spike like you would if you're eating, you know, a donut or you know, cookies or bread that gives you a very high spike in insulin quickly. And that ultimately is not beneficial for your body's ability to burn fat.
1: I love it. And I want to switch gears and and tackle a couple more topics. I just wanted to add to as a mom of now teenagers, which is It's kind of surreal to say out loud the protein thing is a big deal with teenagers as well Like if they don't get enough protein, they are more grumpy. They don't sleep as well So like I found that that's really important as my kids are getting older is to make sure they have enough quality protein all the time as well So just a mom tip there Absolutely, and not only that but to give them better focus
0: and performance in school And help them manage their hormones because adolescence is, I mean, Mother Nature is one wacky scientist, right? So it all, everything goes crazy and um, you want to make sure they're getting enough protein, especially red meat. Red meat's got a lot of zinc and that helps keep acne, teenage acne under control. um, And it prevents them from overeating the junk too much. I mean, teenagers are going to eat what they want to eat. Outside your house, but at least if you give them the foundation for steady blood sugar and appetite regulation, it will keep them lean and healthy
1: Absolutely. Okay. So now to switch gears a little bit um, Let's talk about insomnia because that's another thing I hear from a lot of readers about and it seems to go along with hormone imbalance as well and Something I thankfully don't have a lot of experience with either but that I think a lot of people do struggle with so What do we need to know about insomnia?
0: Yeah so um insomnia often it's caused by a couple things obviously postpartum your hormones are dropping like crazy Um, if you're nursing and you're up every couple hours your body can get into a real insomnia cycle and then in perimenopause or menopause like there's also swinging hormones that affect your neurotransmitters like gaba or serotonin and melatonin declines with age and it can be affected by high estrogen and cortisol. It could be a thyroid change. It could be low progesterone, and of course, there's all sorts of blood sugar imbalances. So let's start with the foundation, okay? And I am an expert in insomnia because <laughs> I am just getting my sleep back now. My son is 12 and a half, and I went through like horrible, horrible like debilitating insomnia. And it causes all sorts of anxiety and depression and moodiness. And no one is their best self under those guerrilla warfare conditions. Like there's a reason why terrorists use uh, sleep deprivation as a form of torture, right? We really, really, really need it. So number one lifestyle tip, okay, is to stop alcohol in the evening. And this is a bitch for a lot of people because they really rely on alcohol to unwind. It's their mom juice, the happy juice, you know, but again, it's Goldilocks, right? Some is okay. Some people can tolerate like four ounces of wine, two to four ounces of wine, but for most people, A, they're not stopping at one glass and B, wine or alcohol can cause a lot of blood sugar imbalances and it can suppress thyroid function for up to four days after you ingest it not to mention bloating and weight gain and dehydration and all of those things. So no alcohol in the evenings. That alone has repaired sleep for my patients so effortlessly and quickly. Switch to I'm like if you really if you want to drink like make yourself a mug of lemon balm tea or sleepy time tea, you know, just help yourself unwind and relax that way. Number 2 Certainly a hot bath with Epsom salts is really great to unwind But if you don't have time for that you can take magnesium in the evenings. I love magnesium I love the trifecta of magnesium like Epsom salt taking four to six hundred of glycinate at bedtime because magnesium glycinate by the way, there's many forms of magnesium Glycinate is the form that specifically addresses anxiety. So that's why I recommend that And then topical magnesium for middle of the night wake-ups, that will get you right back to bed. And magnesium glycinate is also great for fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue, and it doesn't cause GI upset like diarrhea. Some people get um, diarrhea from magnesium citrate. It is a laxative. So that's what milk of magnesia is. It's a magnesium laxative or magnesium oxide. So you want to make sure you're getting a readily absorbed form of magnesium. Number three is carbs at night do wonders for insomnia. And I can attest to this personally. If I do not have about three quarters of a cup to a cup of carbs, and I've clearly mastered this amount, it's different for everybody. But if I don't have carbs at dinner, I don't sleep. It's just that simple. Have carbs at dinner. And people say, well, that's going to make me really fat. I can't have carbs at night. But think about it this way, right? If you're not sleeping, Even for, you know, a week or two, your insulin receptors start to become problematic and your insulin response and your blood sugar imbalance starts to get really problematic and you get sustained high cortisol and you start to get really inflamed. So imagine you're not sleeping and you're totally in an inflamed, imbalanced blood sugar state versus, so you're going to gain weight anyway, versus having carbs where you have solid sleep and sleep is the time you do your repairing. So imagine you have some carbs, you sleep, you're making your growth hormone, your blood sugar is normal. You're actually going to lose weight. So you want to make sure that you know you you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and you step back and look at the big picture and say, what do I need to do to sleep? If it takes a little carbs at night, you're not going to gain weight. You're actually going to improve your body composition. Another thing you want to look at, and this is great, uh, another great reason to do a Dutch test is you want to look at your progesterone, okay? As your progesterone levels fall, you want to make sure that you are getting enough progesterone, and this may mean supplementing orally or with a topical cream because progesterone does wonders for repairing sleep. So, if you're in your 40s, you're hitting perimenopause or menopause, you can, you are absolutely a candidate for some progesterone replacement and progesterone therapy, and that can reduce anxiety and really help your sleep. Lifestyle wise also, you want to make sure. You sleep like a cavewoman. You want to make sure there's no blue light or cell phone technology next to your head. There is clinical research that shows that sleeping with a cell phone next to your head or within 10 feet can raise your cortisol levels while you sleep. So you do not want that. You want to make sure the room is dark, you know, a sleep mask if necessary, earplugs, a white noise machine. You want to make sure there's no blue light technology, no TVs, no routers near your bed, nothing technology-related. And you want to make sure you're in a cool room. It's very important, especially if you're prone to night sweats. You can sleep on a cooling mat. Just Google it. You'll find it. But you want to make sure your body temperature is low. It's, it's great to like sleep naked or in very little clothing with a, a warm blanket, but keep the air temperature cool or use a fan if you need. All of those can promote really great sleep and help with anxiety.
1: I love all of that. And especially the carbs at night. That's another one that like the protein. I feel like just because of all the dietary dogma out there, women have gotten afraid of pretty much every macro out there. Like there's reasons to be afraid of fat, reasons to be afraid of protein, reason to certainly be afraid of carbs. That one has gotten some heat. But my doctor, when I was first diagnosed with Hashimoto's told me that as well, that it's not about carbs in general. It's about timing them, the amount and when you eat them and how that supports your sleep when you eat them at night. And another thing that's been really instrumental for me. I don't have insomnia like I said, but I track my sleep really carefully. And one thing that's made a big difference in my sleep and my cortisol levels is getting outside every morning and getting sunlight as soon as possible after waking up. So my husband and I have this ritual of we'll get up and we'll drink either coffee or tea or just lemon water whatever it may be on our porch in direct sunlight. And even if it's a cloudy day, there's so many, such a wider spectrum of light in sunlight than there is in our house. And so that signals light receptors in the eyes and on our skin to have proper circadian rhythm. And I've noticed a huge difference in my sleep when I really commit to doing that regularly, but um, it makes sense. Like I think insomnia, like we were talking about um, before, when it comes to anxiety, it's a broad spectrum approach. And it's when you address all of those factors that you really can kind of get to the root cause versus just trying to like play whack-a-mole with symptoms.
0: Totally. And I love what you said about the light and getting outside. That's another piece of it is daily movement because you got to tire your body out. So exercise first thing in the morning versus at night because some for some people exercising too close to bedtime really triggers insomnia. And if nighttime is the only time you can exercise, I recommend yoga because it is stimulating for your muscles, but also relaxing and calming and can put you in a real alpha wave state when you dream at night.
1: Awesome. That's a great tip as well. Um, And lastly, I want to make sure we also go deep on something that I know is also a specialty of yours, which is um, the perimenopause and menopause phase of life. And I know we've talked about that kind of in passing through both of these things being big problems that a lot of women face when they hit that phase, but talk to us about how hormones change during that point of life and things we can do even like, for instance, I'm not there yet, but I know eventually I will be like things we can do to support our bodies going into it. And during that um, and anything beyond obviously all these amazing tips about protein and movement and sunlight and carbs and all the things we've talked about, are there other things we need to know specifically for those phases?
0: Yeah. So let's just kind of go through the basics of what each phase is. So Pre-menopause, that's the time when your periods are cycling, your monthly hormones go up and down, you know, from puberty to around the 40s. It's different for everyone, but basically in the 40s. And um, perimenopause, it's that time before menopause. It feels like reverse puberty. You're in your 40s and 50s. Your cycle starts to get more wonky. You get acne. You get weight gain out of nowhere. Your skin can be drier. You get brain fog. You get moodiness and uh, irritability. Your joints can ache. Uh, whoever designed perimenopause can seriously suck it because it's. <laughs> I'm there now, and I'm like, what is the, is happening right now? And then menopause, it's defined as 12 consecutive months without a period. You can still be symptomatic, but your period isn't doing it. So, with perimenopause, right, all the the follicles in your ovaries. Um, have been declining in time. And so the cells that are making the hormones, estradiol and progesterone and testosterone and DHEA, are declining. And so progesterone declines more quickly um, when we stop ovulating. And it's a total roller coaster. And so some people have an easy transition to this and others don't. So you want to make sure that you start with. basics you're not crazy this isn't your fault um but you number one you want to get more sleep so our body does the most healing between 10 a.m uh 10 p.m and 2 a.m if you are a night shift worker it's between 10 a.m and 2 p.m but that is when your body does the most healing does the most resetting of your adrenals um, releases the most growth hormone, releases anti-inflammatory compounds. So you want to prioritize sleep more than you ever have before. Sleep hygiene means you go to bed the same t- around the same time and wake up at the same time. You get in bed. You know you're not on your phone till the minute you get in bed. Technology gets shut down by eight or nine. You're in bed by ten. Let's say you're someone right now who goes to bed. Midnight, start working towards 11.30 and then 11. And, you know, make it a progressive change. And getting in more sleep, look at your sleep habits. Look at if you're snoring. Most women also, this is not well-known, they develop sleep apnea in menopause because of falling estrogen levels. And so you want to maybe get a sleep study if you find you're sleeping, but you're just waking up absolutely exhausted every morning. The other thing you want to start doing, and this is my favorite way to combat the symptoms and the weight gain is lifting weights. It's really, really, uh, and it's coupled with eating protein. Okay. That's so important in building muscle because the fat gain is going to come and you're going to be more sensitive to sugar and carbs because of all these hormone changes. So find a trainer, lift weights, cut back on the cardio, join a class, do what you have to do. Okay. And then cutting out alcohol. I'm sorry, you know, but it causes insomnia and hot flashes and the alcohol will really bite you. It will bite you hard and it will bite you back. So the other thing you want to do is you want to set your boundaries. You want to say no to things. You want to reduce your stress and take things off your plate because as your ovarian cells decline, your body really relies more on your adrenals, your fight or flight center. And if they're in overdrive, if your stress is not controlled, believe me, your symptoms are going to get much worse. This applies to PMS too, by the way. If your stress is really bad and your caffeine, sugar, and alcohol are bad, your symptoms are gonna be worse, okay? So lastly, you wanna look at how you eat. Are you eating veggies at every meal? Are you getting enough protein? Are you getting in fiber? Are you getting too many carbs? you know, and indulging in sugar. And everyone says that they have cravings. Um, But when you're getting enough protein, you don't have cravings. But I'll tell you, my favorite sugar buster is glutamine powder, a tablespoon of glutamine mixed in two to tablespoons of water or even heavy cream. And you do this, you know, one to three times a day and your cravings will be gone in a day or two but i find as long as i'm getting enough protein the cravings are emotional maybe the emotional me wants a drink or a piece of chocolate but the physical me does not and be patient with yourself because <laughs> you're you're uh, you know you're you're going to be your truest self i find the older i get the less patience i have things become black and white and this can be bad but it can also be really good it can be really healthy and help you get really really good boundaries for yourself. It's it's really the ultimate expression of femininity, in my opinion, to say no and know your boundaries.
1: Absolutely agree on that. And lift some weights and eat lots of protein. This podcast is sponsored by The Ready State. If you're at all like me, you might have perpetual stiffness and pain in your neck and shoulders from years of working, carrying kids, and all of the demands of parenting. Or maybe like me also, you have sore hips from too much sitting or from several pregnancies i have found a great way to relieve my aches and pains and to get some daily movement and improve my fitness and flexibility and it's from someone i highly highly respect dr kelly starrett and he's from the ready state if you don't know kelly you should he is a mobility and movement coach for olympic gold medalists world champions and pro athletes He's the author of two New York Times bestselling books, including the famous Becoming a Supple Leopard, which has sold over half a million copies. He has over 150,000 hours of hands-on experience training athletes at the highest level, and he's a doctor of physical therapy who helps top companies, military organizations, and universities improve their wellness and resilience with their team members. So to say he's highly qualified would be the understatement of the century. He created a program called Virtual Mobility Coach, This program is easy to do from home every day, making it ideal for me and for a lot of moms. And it's something I can do with my kids. Every day, Virtual Mobility Coach gives you a fresh guided exercise video. They show you proven techniques to help your specific issues that you have going on. If you're in pain, you can pull a picture of the human body, click on what hurts. And from there, the Virtual Mobility Coach will give you a customized prescription to help you find relief based on movement. Second, you can find a library of soothing recovery routines in the daily maintenance section. And these are great for just working in movement throughout the day or as a wind down to practice self-care. And third, for athletes, Virtual Mobility Coach has an entire section of pre and post exercise routines for more than four dozen sports and activities that help you warm up before a workout so that there's a lower risk of injury or recover after so that you are less stiff. Right now, you can try Virtual Mobility Coach totally risk-free for two weeks without paying a penny. After that, you can save 50% on your first three months. Just go to thereadystate.com forward slash wellnessmama and use the code wellnessmama, all one word, all uppercase at checkout. So again, that's B-T-H-E-R-E-A-D-Y R-E-A-D-Y, state, state, dot ecom forward slash wellnessmama. And you can save half off your first three months when you sign up for a monthly plan. You'll get personalized techniques to relieve nagging pain and to improve your fitness and flexibility. So again, check it out, thereadystate.com forward slash wellnessmama and sign up with the code WellnessMama. This podcast is brought to you by Wellness. That's wellness with an E on the end. It's a new company that I co-founded to tackle the toughest personal care products and to create natural and safe products that work as well as conventional alternatives. See, this is what happened. I realized that even the most naturally minded of my friends were still using certain conventional toothpastes and shampoo because they weren't willing to sacrifice quality. They just weren't willing to have teeth that weren't white or hair that wasn't clean. There are natural options out there certainly, and there are conventional options that work really well, but to find products that do both was almost impossible. And thus, wellness was born. I realized that there had to be a way to create the highest quality products that also worked as well as any conventional alternative. And we tackled the toughest first, creating the first and only natural toothpaste that is fluoride and glycerin free. It's based on my DIY recipe that I have been using for a decade. It contains calcium and hydroxyapatite to uniquely support the mineral balance in the mouth. It also contains things like neem oil and green tea to support a healthy bacterial balance and oral microbiome and to fight bad breath. You can be the first to try it for you and your family and to try our innovative natural hair care, shampoo, and conditioner at wellness.com. So again, it's wellness with an E on the end, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S-E.com. What about night sweats? It seems like night sweats and hot flashes are another thing you at least hear associated with perimenopause and menopause quite often. Uh, Is there anything that can kind of make those easier? Yes, um, you absolutely want to. Again,
0: how is your stress? Like your stress can trigger hot flashes, so you absolutely want to um, have your stress and your blood sugar under control because your your uh, hormones fluctuate wildly. It's absolute uh, hormonal chaos. So you want to get back to the basics. You want to get enough sleep. Maybe you want to consider herbs like black cohosh. Um, red clover, there's motherwort, there's uh, maca, there's valerian and donkwai. You can choose any one of these and and start there. Um, If you're really sweating a lot, you can take sage and rhodiola. These are adaptogenic because those dry you out, um, which you want. You want to be drier if you're sweating all the time. Um, My favorite is vitamin E. You can take four to 800 IUs per day. That is wonderful for hot flashes. Rhubarb is also wonderful for hot flashes and um, B6 and B12. Um, And lots of adrenal support, breathing, yoga, meditation. Acupuncture is amazing. And yoga, there are... There was a great study I read. um, It was like the New York Times published it. It was at least 10 years ago. And it was saying how yoga combated menopausal symptoms, like as well as any herbs or nutrients. And the bottom line is this, right? Supplements and herbs and nutrients are helpful. If we all manage our stress better, we would not need half of these supplements that we need. So and it it's more time consuming, right? It's harder. It's hard It's so much easier to just take a pill katie. I, I Would much rather take 20 supplements than have to meditate, you know, because <laughs> i'm like, oh one more thing to do But you know what i'm such a better human for it and it's like when I feel better It's worth it to keep putting that in it. It's not woo woo We're just trying to calm your ass down lower your adrenaline Get a fan, watch hot spicy foods. Maybe a sauna is not for you at this point in your life. And lastly is I love fiber, like chia seeds, because fiber binds, uh, if you're excess, if you're very high in estrogen, fiber will bind that and pull it out. Um, And it's just very gut friendly. And last but not least, like maybe you need some hormone replacement therapy that can really be helpful for hot flashes too. And I'm not averse to that at all.
1: Awesome. So many practical tips. I love it. And we're getting near the end of our time, but a couple questions I love to ask are, are there any other things that are kind of like misunderstood about the work that you do and everything that you teach? Yes.
0: People think you have to be perfect to get results and you don't at all. (laughs) You never have to be perfect to get results. So people are so worried. Like they're never, you know, when we start working together, they're like, oh my God, I can never have a drink and I can never have chocolate. And I false, I actually reverse engineer that. So as much as I don't like people to have alcohol too much, I understand it's very much a reality in life. And occasionally I have alcohol too. So I'm like, reverse engineer it. Look at your carb intake, right? If you're going to have, you know, a glass of wine at dinner, you know, watch out for your other carbs or build it in or get in a workout or make sure you're hydrating um, or make sure the next day your carbs are lower. So I teach people to, to really build in balance. I think also people think that I, I really bring a lot of practical common sense. I, I don't... Like to do anything extreme. I rarely uh, I mean I I really never had I one client who was on a keto diet because she asked me if she could And I said you're welcome to try it. I don't think it's a fit for you and within a week She was like I can't stand it. I don't feel good. I really don't want people on um sustainable things uh, unsustainable things. It's like I really I compare it to a one-night stand versus a marriage right or you know One night stands are very sexy and fun and, you know, they can be great for a lot of reasons. But long term, you kind of want the marriage or the the stability in your life. So I really try and build people's diets around their life versus trying to get them to follow a diet where instead of them revolving their entire life around the diet, I revolve the diet uh, around their life, meaning I don't. I try to make it as simple and effortless and lifestyle-based as I can and meet people really where they're at.
1: Awesome. And lastly, any books that have been really impactful for you that you would recommend to others?
0: Well, A, I love my books. (laughs) I I would start with Eat, Drink, and Be Gorgeous um, and Work Your Way Up to Cave Women, Don't Get Fat. I really love... Oh my God, there's so many. I love Jolene Brighton's book, Beyond the Pill. Jade Tita, The Metabolic Effect books. I really love, oh my God, there's so many. The Whole Soy Story written by Kayla Daniel that has like all the published studies on the negative effects of soy and how it's just a big money-making industry. I love Seeds of Deception by jeffrey smith talking about the impact that gmos have had and how they're impacting our health i feel like those are real game-changing books and charles poliquin also um all his german body composition books he really taught me some incredible foundations of strength training and eating and they're very funny so those are all really good books
1: Amazing those i'll make sure all of them are listed and linked in the show notes at wellnessmama.fm Along with of course your website and ways people can get in contact with you But for anyone who's just listening right now, where can they find you online and learn more?
0: Okay, so I want to give your listeners a special offer. Um, you can find me on social media, you know Under esther blum you'll find me on instagram facebook um, my website is estherblum.com And if you go, for your listeners, Katie, if you go to estherblum.com forward slash call, C-A-L-L, for the first 12 people who reach out to me, I'm going to give them a $500 value offer. And that is a strategy session with me. This is a 30-minute call on three specific tools that they can learn to lose 10 pounds this month. So it's a wonderful gift. It's estherblum.com forward slash call.
1: That's incredible. Thank you so much. And I'll make sure that's linked in the show notes as well. So if you are exercising or driving, you can always go to wellnesswomen.fm and find any links that we talk about. But Esther, thank you so much. I knew this would be a super practical and amazing conversation that would help a lot of people. And I think you just hit it out of the park. So thank you for your time.
0: Thank you so much, Katie.
1: And thanks as always to all of you for listening and for sharing your time with us. We're both so grateful that you did. And I hope that you will join me again on the next episode of the Wellness Mama Podcast.